best way to describe it. If you're being objective when you're in a subjective situation, um, it's about practicing the ability to almost hover above yourself and be a fly on the wall when you're communicating with somebody. And because of the way we are as human beings, we've actually, when we practice it, we've actually got the ability to communicate with somebody like I am right now verbally, and yet at the same time, almost observe myself talking to you and hearing what I'm saying and processing and being aware that that's a process that I have that thought and I've got that ability to communicate because there's only so many species there's only about three or four that have conscious awareness and humans are one of them you're listening to Christy unedited the podcast and I'm your host Christy Gray as the name suggests we do things unedited around here you can expect to hear open and authentic conversations with a side of real talk. Join me as I explore a wide variety of topics within the realm of mind, body, and spirit. Thanks for listening. I wanted to welcome Narelle back to the podcast after such an incredible episode on season one. And the feedback that I had was so positive and I just couldn't resist asking you to come on for season two to continue our glorious conversation of all things astrology. But we're going to break it down even further today and talk about communication and relationships. Well, thanks for asking me back. I really appreciate it and I'm keen to go. Oh, I'm so excited because... I think that, you know, astrology is not just this incredible tool to help us to explore more about who we are, is that we can really use it to decipher, like, how we effectively communicate, like, what are some of the positive habits that we have as individuals, mm. and what are some of the habits that we might need to drop, and mm. then how can we be aware <laughs> that not everybody communicates in the same way that I do, yes, Exactly. We do. We do. (laughs) And is it compatible the way, you know, you communicate versus the other person communicates? Mm. And whether or not we have pleasant conversations or we end up not understanding one another and we end up with more frustration and struggle and arguments Mm. as a consequence and the breakdown of relationships. So... verbal communication I mean there's body language as well but certainly verbal communication is a huge key to the success or failure of our relationships Mm, and I think it you know if I lean on my background in terms of my career and learning and development like communication was such an integral piece when I was coaching and developing others in the corporate industry and it's funny because I knew Like, I know techniques when it comes to communication and you teach skills to help people, you know, whether it is recognizing tone of voice or body language, because Mm. let's be honest, like a lot of what I've done is in the customer service industry, right? It's in retail, but it wasn't until I started really exploring a natal chart that the penny dropped at entirely new levels and it opened my eyes up even more it was almost like I had a foundational understanding but Mm. now I have this next next level of understanding which is just a massive game changer 
Yeah, because I think astrology furthers our insight into communication from the level of really comprehending how another person is perceiving information. Mm. So it's not just about what we're saying, but how we're perceiving that information. And when we look at our natal charts, it can really help us to understand ourselves and other people and how they might be interpreting information either in the same way as us or in a completely different way. And we weren't even aware that they were seeing things from a really different perspective. Mm, It's just, it's so, it's so interesting because it's not just, yeah, as you said, it's like there's this perception element to it mm. with communication as well. And I think we discount that yes. as human beings or as individuals, <laughs> unless we have the knowledge, right, to equip us. Yes. And so it kind of makes sense. Like if I think, if I use like an ear sign, for example, and I'm sure mm. we'll get into this shortly, yes. is that because they are so cerebral, mm. it's like they might be interpreting something really different than, say, myself, whereas I have this earth, well, I'm a Virgo, which is an earth sign, and... Um, my Mercury's in Virgo too. So, you know, my perception versus theirs could be really, really polarized. Yeah, ex- exactly. And that's it. So it astrology helps us to give this insight because it goes beyond, of course, that sun sign uh, in, in whatever kind of zodiac sign we are, which certainly um, helps to promote and give us an understanding about our identity. But then you just mention the planet Mercury and it's our what we call our communication planet so whatever zodiac sign that Mercury is in in our natal charts and house placement can really offer us some amazing insight into our style of communication but beyond that it's also how we visualize or see information how we hear information and then once we take that in on the kind of ways in which we take that information in, it's then how are we processing that within our brains and our bodies and setting up our perceptions. And then the Mercury also helps us to understand then how am I going to output that information? Mm -hmm. So how do I, after processing it, how do I actually express it so that other people can understand it? And so we really get some amazing information from that little Mercury in our natal charts as to how we do all of that with information. I I think that the first time that we sat down and actually discussed Mercury um, in astrology tutoring last year, that was like that I've had so many big game-changing <laughs> moments. I'm pretty sure every time I spend time with Narelle, I'm always like, oh my goodness, that has like been the biggest life-changing message you've just shared with me. Uh, but I will never forget the moment that when we really, you broke Mercury down for me and we looked at all the attributes of Mercury. And I think because I love human behavior mm. and communication and how we intellectualize things and then how, you know, that then how do we communicate that with others? I had this deep appreciation for Mercury. Like Mercury gets such a bad rap because all we do is talk about Mercury (laughs) retrograde. That's it. Exactly. Everything's backwards. (laughs) And it's just, it's now probably one of the first placements when I am Mm. looking at somebody's natal chart as I look to that Mercury, um, or I look to Mercury the planet and I look to what zodiac sign it's in, what house it's in, and then those aspects so that I can really start to, Um, paint a picture for the person that I'm with so that Mm. I can not only help them to gain a level of understanding of 
maybe why they communicate the way they do, but then how can I communicate mm. in a way that's going to resonate with them as well? Yeah, more, more effective communication. Mm. And I think that's really quite key because it helps us to really acknowledge and be really conscious about the way we may be expressing ourselves and therefore we can be more flexible and adaptable in our communication style so that we can express in a way that the other person is more likely to understand us and you you gave um you know a an example there earlier of like Mercury in an air sign and so any of the air signs like our Gemini and Libra and uh, Aquarius if you had Mercury in that placement you're absolutely right Mercury in an air sign tends to be more cerebral in its orientation so most people that have their Mercury in that kind of placement are going to taking information more in the reading and writing and and um a very keen you know probably at school and and the like as well because it's very suitable our schooling system to any of our air signs because it's cerebral in nature it's mm. very academic but then let's put our mercury in say a water sign mm. like cancer or scorpio or pisces and all of those zodiac signs aren't necessarily very cerebral by very nature, but are more emotional. They're more feeling orientated. So now you've got little Mercury that's all about how do I take in information, process it and spit it back out again. And now I'm in a water sign that's saying, feel the information and then when you go to express it don't necessarily talk about it but energetically portray it so it's very different by nature when you're talking to somebody perhaps who has their mercury and say cancer who's going to you know be a lot more perhaps demonstrative in emotions around communication style than actually verbalizing you know information so it's and and you can imagine you know a little kid at school with you know their mercury in in pisces they're more likely to endeavor to intuit information than necessarily you know read that book and and be able to recite it like rote learning it's it's comes from a feeling placement and then, of course, you've got your fire sign. So that's a whole other ball game for those people that, like, have a Mercury in Aries or Sagittarius, you know. Um, and, and so here you've got a lot more kind of vibrancy and quick-witted kind of thinking. And it's like, oh, don't waste time explaining it. Let's just go and do it, you know. So it's much more action-orientated. Yeah, and then earth signs. Mm, and then earth signs. Now, this is a really interesting one because you can imagine if you've got your Mercury in, in a placement like an earth sign like Taurus. I liken this to if you've ever read a book or been trying to um, read a magazine and you've read something and you've got no idea what you've read and you've got to read it over a second, third and possibly even a fourth time to really comprehend. It's slow mm. in, in taking in and processing the information and understanding it. But then once you've got it, it's really locked in. So it's, um, it, it's a much more what I refer to as kind of a kinesthetic type quality. So it's in the, the once again, doing and modelling, um, which is really interesting way of learning. So it's much more about the action orientated when you're taking in information and doing things. So it's kind of like somebody with a Mercury and an Earth sign. It's like, show me how to do it. 
don't tell me how to do it. So there's a verbalization is air signs and then that's the doing when you're looking at more your earth signs. Where's your Mercury in My Mercury is in Sagittarius, so I'm, I'm the perpetual student and philosopher and researcher and to like, so yeah, I, I love, love teaching. That. Yeah, it's interesting because as you were talking about that, like using Taurus as an example of having to read something again and again, mm. so my, my Mercury, as I mentioned before, is in Virgo mm. and I don't know if this, well, I'm sure this has everything to do with it, but depending on how I'm feeling emotionally, because my moon is in Aries, mm-hmm. it's like I'm an avid reader, but if I'm not in the zone to read, that's exactly how I am. And I was thinking that maybe that may have to do with how I'm feeling in terms of my state of emotions, which would relate to the moon, which will determine how much I can suppose commit to in terms of energetically when I am trying to either learn or read about something new yeah exactly well Mm. and it's true like a mercury in Virgo it's a really interesting placement as well because um mercury naturally rules Virgo Mm. so it does like that placement and it's an earth sign but it's interesting out of the three earth signs Taurus Virgo Capricorn the Virgo Mercury is a really interesting placement because here in its rulership it takes on a kind of cerebral earth quality mm. and like we know with Virgo you kind of like to get it right. So the combination of the moon in Aries it's like quick quick let's get on with it <laughs> and the Mercury in Virgo saying well it's got to be right before I start could obviously put you in that zone where it's like yeah it needs to be um, you know, you've got to have things all set up correctly before you can probably really sit down and process information because you want to get it right when you bother to learn it. Oh my goodness, it's like you're looking through my window at home right now. <laughs> like, that is, it's so fun. It's so interesting you say that because anything I do, it's like it has to be done a certain way or I just mm. will like not do it or yeah. I'll almost beat myself up about it, especially mm. with reading. Like, I found. And this is kind of sidetracking, deviating for a moment, is that because our attention spans have changed so much with the introduction of technology, mm. especially yes. um, being with having notifications or having our phone, our smartphone mm. with us 24-7, is that last year I would pick up a book, start reading it, and I'd lose interest and then I'd pick up another book. Mm. And that's something that I really want to drop this year um, as a and a habit that I'd like to discard and welcome in a new habit. And I've been really toying around with how can I do more deep work where I'm not distracted because I think, again, that's kind of intellectually I want to absorb information, but because of these so many different distractions we have today, I find it really hard to just actually focus on one thing before I move on to the next Next. thing. Yeah, so Mm. it is. It's really about setting up that environment in a way Mm. that's really conducive, you know, to your learning style. So having that great understanding about yourself it, mm. you know you can really help to facilitate better learning mm. and that goes back to then also understanding the people that are around you and improving your relationships so whether that's a love relationship or you know work colleagues and and frustrating conversations that you may be having and and feeling like you're really not understood mm. okay I want to break this down and I've got a few questions for you on yeah. this whole communication and relation. I, I think this is the biggest thing that people look to 
Well, I don't think it's the only thing, but I think it's a really big thing is that we always want to improve our communication Mm. and we always want to improve our relationships because it affects us at a personal level and a professional level as well. So we've started to break down looking towards Mercury in our natal charts as well. So how can we strengthen our communication habits? What are some things that we can do to be aware of, whether it be positive or opportunistic (laughs) (laughs) absolutely okay so this is I guess my first go-to because I and I find I'm responsible for doing this and I witness other people doing this a lot so I think sometimes when we're in the the kind of passion or heat of a conversation we're so eager to get our point of view Mm. across and so the first kind of thing I'm really going to mention is keep upmost in in mind validating the other person first before you put across your point of view is take a moment to think about how often do you feel like when you're communicating with somebody that they've understood you? And if they haven't understood you, you'll try and explain, you know, what you're trying to say in a different way, or you might just get absolutely fed up and walk away. So now reverse that and think, well, other people potentially feel that when they're communicating their ideas and thoughts and feelings to you. So how often do you actually acknowledge that you've really heard them? And so I'd always recommend starting there and observe the difference that that's made in your conversations with people and see whether that helps you to not only understand the other person that you're talking to better, but they actually feel more connected to you as a result of you just simply saying, ah, so what you're saying is, you know, when you went to the shops the other day, you were really excited and you you got that awesome dress and you look awesome but the staff member really annoyed you wow that must have been frustrating Mm. and the person's either going to say yeah you totally get me or no 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 that wasn't right (laughs) and explain it in a different way but if you do that first before you start launching into your version you're just really helping to build the bonds of rapport with another person and really helping to feel understood I love that and I have to say like I haven't seen Narelle for, I think we were working out, it's been like six or eight weeks since we've seen each other and so much has happened between um, seeing each other in December versus now (laughs) in January and I was sharing a few things with Narelle in regards to what's been happening in my life and um, there has been some heavy stuff last year and what I loved is not even thinking about that it is all but before in conversation you actually were validating everything I say because I'm very quick to jump onto the next thing (laughs) I'll go you know what it's okay you know this has been happening but I've got Mm -hmm. it and you you actually made me stop Mm -hmm. and you validated what I said and you gave me a hug and you you know we both took a breath and it was nice because not even thinking about this discussion that we're having today, I felt really seen and I felt really heard. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm so pleased because that's the whole intention. You know, yeah. you want, I think personally, I want to always feel like that myself. Mm. And so I'm so pleased that that was your experience because that was certainly my intention. <laughs> <laughs> it's a be- beautiful timing. And then also, too, I know that. Um, I naturally would love, like, I love helping people. Like, Mm -hmm. if somebody's going to present me with a problem, um, I'm always going to try to find a solution. And it's something that I'm always 
working on. <laughs> and um, my relationship with my mum is um, we both have Aries moon and <laughs> everybody listening to this probably knows because I have done some recording with mum online as well is that they do understand she has like quite a stallion of Scorpio <laughs> in her uh, natal chart. And I think that was the best advice that you gave me last year is because I felt at times... Um, I really wanted to help my mum and she was coming to me and communicating to me her frustrations in life. Mm. So naturally I just wanted to jump in and help to fix them yeah, of course. and ease her pain. And mm. what I understood was like a lot of the time my mum is just vocalising things because she wants to get it off her chest. Yeah. She actually doesn't want a solution. And that mm. was the best advice you gave me as we pulled up her natal chart and we had a look. And, and you said that to me, you were like, she's seeking validation yeah. it's not actually about finding a solution for her it's like letting her know that she is being heard yeah and that changed my relationship with my mum like yeah. tenfold I, I just love that because it evidences that these kinds of you know um applications actually really work they make a difference for your relationships and that's you know that's what it's all about mm, absolutely and what what other than other than you know, validating somebody in conversation, what else would you recommend in terms of, you know, strengthening our communication? Yeah, so so definitely the, the validation side of things. I think the, the next thing that I'd really encourage is perspective taking. Okay. And I'm not so sure that we always do that because we start to get really subjective um, in our own stuff seeing it from our point of view mm. and so it's that old you know saying you know put yourself in somebody else's shoes and I think that really helps as well to just take a breath take a moment and really consider well I've got my perspective on it and it's absolutely valid but what about that other person you know how might they be seeing this was a potentially seeing it from a very very different perspective so we actually learn perspective taking really quite young developmentally so we're children when we first learn perspective taking but wow yeah um and I'm not so sure that we get better out of this we age. <laughs> I think sometimes it deteriorates. Agreed. So, yeah. So, so definitely perspective taking and um, then with that acceptance, I, I'd say, is the, the next key. So once you gain um, the perspective of another, it's also then accepting their perspective rather than entering into wanting to change their perspective mm. to yours that's tricky sometimes because we've got all these um motivations often behind our communication that's about changing another person's you know opinion because we're invested in them seeing the world from our perspective and sometimes that's just not necessary sometimes we can just learn to accept that oh that person's got that point of view and that works for them mm. and my point of view works for me and then I think you're in a much better place to then take the next step which is better negotiation to find kind of a what I call a third option um, which is all about meeting your perspective and your needs and the other person's and finding a third solution rather than having to go their way or your way. There's always another option if you can explore it. Okay, so it's almost changing your entire view mm. of the situation and 
taking a completely different perspective. I just yeah. want to make sure I'm understanding. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. we've often got our own perspective. Yep. And that's what we want to pull people to our perspective to see it from our point of view and then agree with us and then adopt our suggestions or alternatively with the other person. So that's kind of like um, my way or your way. And neither actually might be appropriate or useful. And that's why I talk about there's often a third option if we can just allow ourselves and our brains to explore a little further, we'll actually probably find another Mm. option that can meet both people's needs and perspectives. And therefore, we just have better, you know, relationships as a consequence because then both persons' needs are often getting met. Mm. It's almost like... Uh, well, I, I say this all the time, is like perception is reality because yes. per- our perception becomes our truth. Yes. And what really is true? This is like I always <laughs> love exploring this. There is no real truth. No, it's right? It's just perspective. <laughs> it's just perspective and then our perspective is swayed based mm. on our beliefs. Yes, correct. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, and so I used to see that come up uh, in my 20s is like mm. I'd try to get my perspective across based on, based on my own belief system mm. so I'd get caught up in the stories that I was not only telling myself but then the stories I was trying to tell everybody yeah. else and convince other people yes yeah exactly I think that's something you do in your 20s though yeah. I don't and, know <laughs> and, and many of us for the rest of our lives as mm. well you know yeah and I think that's where that acceptance component comes in like accepting that there's all different um ways of perceiving the world and then considering what's the most appropriate way for me in being a healthy kind of functioning human being that's Mm. you know productive and feeling fulfilled and content in life Mm. it's interesting because like a lot of people don't ever get to that point it's all through self-exploration yeah right yeah whether it be life experience or just being open to different perspectives and levels of information mm. or doing the work of, yeah. you know, exploring maybe ideas that aren't necessarily your own. Yeah, mm. exactly. You know, and, and, you know, that comes in a lot when people have faced more challenges and difficulties because that really helps to expose our vulnerabilities and just how resilient we are for dealing with challenges so whether that's a challenge in a relationship or some kind of trauma that you've experienced it still comes back to then how are you appraising and perceiving that situation and it really comes down to being aware that you've got a choice as to the way you want to perceive and see this situation Mm -hmm. and if you've got choice then wow I'm going to choose to see it in a way that helps me heal and become more resilient about the situation that I perhaps don't have control over or if I do have control over the situation then I'm going to find a way to approach it and deal with it in a more productive way. Oh, I'm mulling on so much right now. I'm thinking about how when we... Like, we only have control over ourselves. Correct. We don't have control (laughs) over everybody else. But it's so easy to want to control Mm. situations, circumstances, people based on our own experience of the world. But if we all had... I don't think we all have to be perfect. It's nothing about that. But if we have more awareness about what we can control yes. with our, and in our own internal world, yeah. that would greatly affect 
our outer world for not just ourselves but for everybody around us. Yeah, and and when we take a moment to just ask ourselves that, is this situation actually controllable or uncontrollable? So a very quick example would be the weather and the rain that's not something I can control although some of us might disagree with me you know go and do your rain dance for sure but (laughs) but for the most part that's not a controllable situation like an earthquake and and they're very Mm. uncontrollable kind of stressors Um, and so then it's really about those kind of situations then putting a meaningful kind of positive um, reasoning around those uncontrollable circumstances can help us turn very difficult situations into something that we can actually find manageable mm. and can deal and gain more resilience. So that's an uncontrollable situation that I'm referring to. But then when it's controllable, then it's all about those kind of con- identifying, okay, this is controllable, aha, now it comes back to self-responsibility and, and how I'm thinking about this and how I approach this situation and process it and and go about um, making, once again, you know, a meaningful kind of change and difference if that's what's warranted. Mm. Do you find, because obviously you've got this incredible background which goes far beyond astrology, Mm. do you feel like people put in the work on a day-to-day basis or is that the the minority? No, No, I think think we're pretty... Uh, I'd say the majority of us are pretty unconscious in our consciousness because Mm. so many of our behaviours are just all autopilot. We're busy people, we're, you know, we're in our lives and and we're just getting on with, you know, the day-to-day business and running of things. So consider how often you stop and actually appraise your thoughts and whether they're worthwhile or just random thoughts that are really useless and you don't need to do anything with them so i even though we're conscious beings i think we walk around unconscious most Mm. of the the times and we're on autopilot conditioning type behaviors so you know a, a lot of what we're talking about here today with better perspective taking and a real and accepting they're, they're really things that are all very doable but a link to doing them is becoming more consciously aware in in the moment mm. okay so i know that we've spoken about this before and i hadn't actually prompted you with this but I know that you will be able to break it down ever so beautifully because I have been in the last couple of months getting on one I've been (laughs) putting my two cents in on this because it's something I'm really passionate about everybody's talking about meditating right now because I was thinking about you talking about building resilience and Mm. being more conscious and so a lot of people point in the online space to meditation yeah I love meditation. My Mercury is in Virgo. So anytime I can put my (laughs) thoughts to rest. (laughs) Yeah, totally. is going to be a really good thing. But Mm. I'm also very passionate that meditation, and this is something that I know we've spoken about before, is not for everyone. Mm, That's right. But it's about reframing what meditation can look like. Yeah, absolutely. So based on earthier fire water, Mm. do you have some, maybe some tips for building resilience or channeling meditation in a different way for somebody that may be struggling with this whole 
you've got to sit down on your silk yeah. cushion and switch off for 10, 20 minutes a day when yeah. it may not be viable for them. Yeah, exactly. And and that t- brings us back beautifully into astrology and, and the zodiac signs. And once again, looking at, say, the air mm. signs. Um, so we're talking our Gemini and our Libra and our Aquarius. And because they tend to be more cerebrally based, so they're, they're more in the brain mechanism. It is more about thinking. And so I think potentially, not always because of other factors in a chart, but certainly that can make that mainstream definition of what we mm. understand meditation to be about really difficult for our Mercury and air signs people. It's like, I can't shut my my brain up. It's not going to be quiet. And that's fine. Just just let it go. My My form of meditation there would be go about your business and just be consciously aware of oh I'm having that thought that you know I should be washing the clothes right now while I've got a hundred other jobs going and just let that thought go in and out that's a form of meditation right there (laughs) being aware so Mm. that's like the meta awareness um in the in the moment it's the mindfulness so Mm. um just learning how to be less attached to thoughts and allowing them to come in and go out doesn't mean that you have to be kind of sitting cross-legged and contemplating your navel to be able to do that. (laughs) And so equally, you know, our Mercury in fire signs might prefer to go for a run on the beach and just let their thoughts flow in and and out. Our earth signs, you know, might like to build something or go for a bushwalk. You know, there's just so many different ways that we can actually be mindful in the moment and just concentrate on our breath. We can be doing lots of activities and just be concentrating on our breath. Isn't it funny that we're just seeking as human beings like a manual for how mm. to do life? Yes. <laughs> like, I've always said we should come in with a rule book. <laughs> It's like we jump on trends or what's yeah. happening because we are looking for the answer. Yeah. Whereas the answer is we already know it. It's mm. just internally yeah. and it's tuning into ourselves enough so that we can actually listen to that answer of what's essentially best for us. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. So so deep and interesting today, Narelle. <laughs> I absolutely love that. So you've given us some tips in regards to how we can strengthen our communication. And I also want to talk about like compatibility Mm. in relationships Mm. as well. Because I know everybody is always looking to, okay, how can I be more compatible in my relationships or Mm. even be more alluring to other people, whether Mm. it be in personal or professional relationships yeah yeah magnetizing uh if we're specifically looking at our astrological charts so we really want to check in on our sun sign and our moon sign so you can imagine the moon is more an unconscious it's all about our emotions and how we're finding emotional security and that's so key for our relationships whether we feel secure in a relationship and we're attaching securely to either people or we're feeling rejected Mm. and and the like so the moon is really quite important for looking at compatibility with other people so moon sign compatibility does my moon connect with your moon Mm. in a more harmonious way more rather than say a more challenging way so Generally, we then look at, and you'll probably find many websites that already do this, that check in on compatibility, and you do this with the sun sign as well. 
So checking my sun sign with your sun sign. If they're in the same element, so your fire element, your water, your air and your earth, um, generally there's some level of resonance to saying, oh, if I'm a fire, if my sun is in a fire sign and your sun is in a fire sign, then we get fire <laughs> and more fire. Um, and the same then with air signs. So you think about fire and air, they're compatible. Air flourishes fire and vice versa. There's this symbiosis of these two energies working together. So a sun sign or a moon sign that's in a fire or an air sign are going to be potentially, <laughs> I'll put, always put caveats on it because of other things in the chart, but potentially they're going to relate to one another and resonate and, and have a, a natural symbiotic relationship with one another. And then you'll see the same with the elements of earth and water. They've got, you know, make mud <laughs> when you put them together. So um, the water helps to soften the earth and, and vice versa. So there's this natural compatibility between those. So if you look at your sun and your moon sign, so sun to sun, moon to moon, and then sun to moon, and see what kind of compatibility do they have with it, one another just based on those elements. And then the other two planets that I'd have a look at as well are good old Venus and Mars, because mm. Venus is all about love, and Mars is about our sexual orientations and how we take action in the world. So once again, we really want to see them in compatibility. Once again, we have a look at those elements and, and see whether they're, you know, firing things up or or um, cooling things down in in the emotionality of, of things and our compatibility. Oh, I love that. I so I've been chatting to a guy <laughs> and his son is in Virgo. Oh, okay. But his moon is in Cancer. Right. And his I don't know what time he was born, but I know his date of birth, hence why. So I don't know his house placements, and I'm not sure of his rising. However, his Venus is in Libra, and his Mars is in Sagittarius. Now, Ooh. yeah, so I was, like, looking at the overall look of his natal chart, and it's yeah, funny yeah. because being a Virgo, I almost know... I know, because I'm a Virgo, right? So exactly. I almost... I called him on his bullshit this week oh, because we... <laughs> That's that Aries moon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I said to him, because we've been trying to catch up, and I just turned around and I said, look, at the end of the day, we're both Virgos. I was like, we're both on our own agenda. We just need to make a decision yeah. and meet. Yep. And I, he did not like that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to use that as an example because it's funny because being this Virgo, but with this Aries moon, I'm like, yeah. right, I'm going to tell yeah. you. Because what have I got to lose? And yeah. then with a little bit of that cancer moon, I don't think he yes. liked me just bringing that right into the limelight, yeah. even though we both knew it was happening. Yeah, exactly. I think that's such a good example because where, where you were saying his, his moon and cancer, right? So very emotional <laughs> and, and can be quite emotionally reactive as a, as a consequence when something, you know, isn't quite fitting and working and can be easily hurt. Um moon in uh, Aries not so much it's like just kind of get on with it this is how it is you know there's a real innocence though to it um and a less likelihood um mm. of being hurt 
mm. you know, by by actions or what's because it's it's like oh I'm hurt but I can get over it more quickly, yeah. where the moon in Cancer will brood on it a lot longer and kind of go into a bit more sufferance. Now, interestingly, when you look at Aries being a fire sign, and Cancer being a water sign. How do fire and, and water get along? They don't. Water no. puts out fire. <laughs> yeah. And and fire's trying to, you know, heat up the, the water. So, yeah, there's a real challenge in those two, um, ch- a challenge in those uh, two zodiac signs and getting along. And when mm. you put them in a moon sign, which is all about gaining emotional security and relationship, yeah, there's some probably red flags already there about how well you can move through on a compatibility compatibility level, particularly when emotional security and attachment is kind of key to a intimate relationship. <laughs> Let's just say I think my um, I think it just fizzled <laughs> let, out. Let that one go. That. <laughs> but I'm almost glad that I said it because it's yes. like that's authentic to me. Absolutely, you find out really quickly, right? Yeah, it's oh. just so. It's just interesting today because obviously, like dating is online, and so yeah. you're trying to not only communicate in a way that's technology based, right through, you know, your cell phone. You don't you miss all those social cues. cues. Mm, yeah, true. very true. So that's kind of this other layer, and I don't want to dismiss online dating because I almost go, well, if I'm not going to do it, then well, how else am I going yeah. to meet people? But it can there's a lot that gets lost in interpretation when absolutely you're, like it's the whole building connection thing yeah. it's really difficult yeah i'm yeah. not going to say it's easy and i think anybody that's had a really am- amazing i think there's so many people that have had such incredible interactions you know online i know some really amazing success stories of people yeah. being in relationships having babies and getting married and i think that that level of communication is really suited to them whereas yeah. somebody like myself i love building rapport in person exactly it's the it's the earth sign in you that brings that tactile kind mm. of kinesthetic sensibilities where where you know, a lot of people that perhaps have a lot more air in their charts, once again, they're more cerebral, they're more communicating on those kind of levels. So things like our internet can really, and social media can really work for their ability to connect because that's the basis that they're really naturally attuned to. Mm. Where if you've got more water and more earth in your charts, it's like, no, let me see you, let me feel you. I've got to connect on a more a vibrational kind of level rather than a cerebral level. So it's all in the way we connect with others. Mm, it's interesting because I know that, but I hadn't. It's maybe been a while that I've thought yeah. about it like that. And it, it might even be the way that you framed it up for me today as well. Mm. I appreciate that. That's so good. Pleasure. <gasps> and, th- and that way I think you can chase better platforms for yourself that are more conducive to connecting people in connecting with people physically mm. as well. And yeah. maybe just use the social media as a point of contact and pretty much move quickly to oh let's connect for a coffee rather than you know continuing to send the text message and the emails or then yeah it's like (laughs) you should just see my face then I just pulled this big face at Narao I was like oh that's just like I don't need a pen pal like exactly (laughs) yeah yeah let me meet you in the flesh uh so interesting I absolutely appreciate that that's just so integral so that's just to recap for everybody, so when you are um, looking at compatibility, if you are using astrology as a basis of that, we're going to work with looking at sun placement, moon placement, and Mars and Venus, correct? Yes, that's it. Right. 
exactly. Awesome. So good. <laughs> so do you have any tips or any final thoughts on anything around communication, relationships? Because I know this is like your forte as well. Like, it is. Well, you, you're, you're, okay, I don't know how many years you're into your PhD in psychology, but this mm. is the Just basis. a couple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's my whole basis. My research oh. is all on looking at um, particular mindfulness uh, techniques, um, one in particular that's called decentering, and it is that ability to be more objective when, when we're subjectively in a situation. So it's practising techniques that allow us that ability and particularly looking at whether that ability helps us to have more satisfying relationships because the reality is that we have conflict with people. You know, it's not like we're 100% harmonious um, and uh, compatible. We all learn and grow from our relationships. So I think understanding conflict and finding ways to successfully negotiate and communicate when we're dealing with with conflict is is really important research to do so Mm. that's what I'm doing and particularly in the mindfulness area it's such a beautiful area to explore Mm. as well because and I think it's the right time for it as well because I think we're as we still have some opportunities with consciousness, but I do feel like there's definitely a big shift that's occurring in the spiritual space of, you know, the conversations are starting to happen now, which is truly rewarding, I feel. Um, But I think that we're becoming more open to it. And I don't, Mm. I don't necessarily, we are a hundred percent open to it, Mm. but we're definitely becoming more open because when I was still working in the corporate industry prior to leaving my last role is I actually facilitated some resilience training prior to leaving yeah now it was really interesting I'd love to get your thoughts on this is that half of the audience across Australia because I was predominantly facilitating to average age would be 21 okay Mm -hmm. so it's a very new Mm -hmm. word and a very new topic because this is probably about three years ago now 50% of the attendees were really open and excited by the concept of how we could build our resilience Mm. whereas the other half wanted to hide under a pillow Mm. because it was very confrontational for them why is that like what are your thoughts on that, Narelle? Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's it's really a testimony of our times with regards to what you're saying there. There is this real shift. So maybe if we went back another decade, we'd pro- potentially find even less individuals being proactive engaged. So the fact that we're kind of around a 50-50, I think that's a really good sign. (laughs) So, So more of us are kind of awakening to being more mindful instead of just you know working on kind of autopilot so so as much as 50 50 I guess in some ways feels like oh my god we've still got so far to go with regards to waking up and being really aware and and conscious beings I think that's all very cyclic as as well so we're moving in the right direction if you can get out there and have a you know even three years ago get a 50 50 and and I think you know we can see that in so many work um and corporate environments where they're bringing uh professional development programs in that are working on resilience building and mindfulness and and helping people be a lot more conscious and self-responsible this might be 
a bigger conversation, but you mentioned before about being more subjective. Mm. Can you Obje- objective, object- okay, in objective. Your, objective in your subjectivity, which is okay. really tricky. <laughs> okay, can you break that down? Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, it, it's kind of, I think the best way to describe it, if you're being objective when you're in a subjective situation, um, it's about practicing the ability to almost hover above yourself and be a fly on the wall when you're communicating with somebody. And because of the way we are as human beings, we've actually, when we practice it, we've actually got the ability to communicate with somebody like I am right now verbally and yet at the same time almost observe myself talking to you and hearing what I'm saying and processing and being aware that that's a process that I have that thought and I've got that ability to communicate because there's only so many species there's only about three or four that have conscious awareness and humans are one of them dolphins whales and um, elephants are about the only other species in the in our world at the moment that have consciousness wow that's like not what I expect was expecting so, so, yeah, it's a pretty unique ability. So to be objective means to kind of be a fly on the wall observing yourself in process of having a conversation. And that allows us um, the ability to be far more adaptive because we can work out whether what we're saying and doing is actually working as we're perspective taking. Mm, it's like you need to be able to create an anchor point of mindfulness for yes. yourself. Yeah. So that you're able to take that step back and observe the conversation that's taking place rather than thinking about something that happened yesterday exactly. or trying to formulate your answer yes. or like just getting really like passionate because you want to jump in and put yes. your two cents in as well. That's it. it. It is a process that requires some slowing down mm. to observe that, to be more objective in your subjectivity. Do you find, have you found since like going on this incredibly large (laughs) learning journey that your communication has changed because of that or has it refined it? Probably a bit of both. I'd Mm. say in, in, uh, if I go back to my 20s, definitely changed it. (laughs) But I would say more in my 40s and 50s, I'd say I would anticipate that I've refined it. But then I'd probably like to ask, you know, people that have known me over the last kind of three decades whether they'd agree with that or not. <laughs> so I don't know how many, how objective I'm being in my subjectivity there. <laughs> I love that. I need to sit with that for a bit. Yeah. Like even though I understand what you're sharing with me, I think just saying that objectivity and subject subjectivity. Oh my yep. <laughs> it's like the concept is I'm just at that process of trying to understand what that really does me yeah yeah it's it's, um and it is it's it's uh what I would refer to as um it's it's the ability it's the executive functioning of the brain so it's it's a higher powered brain ability so I think there is some trainability in it because I think we tend to be more subjective because we we just are it's it's much more difficult to be objective 
in a scenario. So that definitely takes practice and it takes, um, when we look at our brain and our brain structure, it takes quite complex areas of the brain into account. And so we've really got to get those neuron networks mm -hmm. that are firing off in our prefrontal cortex, which is the higher thinking brain, um, in, into account and get it really working well. So it is a, it is a higher functioning brain um, ability. And you'd have to build that over time, like yep. any habit, to create those new neural pathways. Exactly, yeah. Because, and I'll share an example for everybody, because this might help to, if you're thinking like, okay, like I'm loving all of this information, but how can I start to mm. maybe put it into practice, right? Because you can feel really inspired by something, okay, great, I want to work on my communication. Yeah, where do I start? Yeah, where do I start? <laughs> and then and then you might do it for a day and then something slips and mm. you almost need to create a cue or Narelle, you might have some point, you might have mm. some pointers on this so that when you're trying to build this habit that it does become almost second nature over time is yeah. at the moment I'm failing today by the way is I'm trying at the moment and I will succeed at some stage <laughs> good reframing yeah <laughs> good job see you just applied perfect <laughs> I know I'm taking on board what you're sharing with me is um the last couple of weeks I've been dabbling in this no complaining challenge uh -huh. and yeah and it's all about uh, there's a there's a book on the concept which I'll link in the show notes and I listened to the audiobook of it and I've done a little bit of research on it and it is a really interesting concept of how you want to obviously welcome in positivity into your life and it's not just about not complaining yourself like if you're thinking something it's okay but if I'm verbalizing a complaint well that means I have to start at day one again so you want to try to get to I think it's one month of no complaining and the research from the challenge which started in 2011 it takes the average person four to eight months to complete mm. 30 days of no complaining and I notice when I'm around some people that I'm triggered more than others yes. and it's easy to fall into the trap but each time you make a complaint or you tell somebody that they shouldn't be complaining or you're negative in regards to some connotations, you have to start back at day Again, one, yes. right? <laughs> it's a very long story for anybody listening. But in doing so, I've put a purple rubber band on my wrist. Ah, so that flicking. <laughs> yeah, well, actually changing my wrist. So each yep. time I complain, yep. um, which I've complained a couple of times before we recorded this podcast today, <laughs> so I need to swap it. But that's like my cue to help mm. me to understand to build that habit until it becomes like a second nature process. Yeah, conditioning. Yeah, mm. that's exactly right. And I think that that is really quite key. The the underpinning is is that it takes consciousness, so you need to be mm. aware. Um, and then keeping that present in mind. So what you were referring to there is contextually, there's certain environments that you know are less conducive to the practice, and then there's other environments that you put yourself in and contextual um, environments that help you help to facilitate that. So when you're aware of that, then you can make conscious choices once again to make sure you spend more time in and around people in different environments that are more supportive to the application of that and minimize the area and I think there's really power in understanding that it isn't just you alone you can um that that is the success or failure of this it is about context and environments and people that you're interacting with as well and to make that part of um 
you know, how you put this all into practice. And then you can do apps and different reminders that are great prompters so that when you're, you know, going about your daily business, it helps to bring it back in, into your thought processes. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm working on that. Oh, I love that. So you could almost even, like if you were putting a reminder on your phone, um, it could even be linking the reminder to a particular sound. Yes. If you want to link it back to astrology, right? It, yeah. You could almost link it back to, based on what is happening in your natal chart, yeah. to almost create the cue or the trigger, which exactly. in turn will spark the mindfulness. Yeah, it's neuro associations there, which you might need, you know, if you're going to work and you hate your work, then you might have to do it every every minute. You might have to put that reminder on. But yeah, that that's exactly it. Okay, so if somebody's listening to this right now, Narelle, and they're like, okay, I'm loving this information, like, where should somebody begin? Like, well, what steps could they take? Because there's so much, like, my mind is blown right now (laughs) as it is, and it's like, oh my goodness, how can I take some of this really juicy information and start putting it into practice? Yeah, exactly. So I think for each person, there's going to be a way that you move forward on this that works for you better so I I wouldn't suggest for one minute that there's just one way for all Um, but for those that are more cerebrally minded you know you you might um, start diarizing and doing something that for those that are more action orientated um, you might call up a, a friend or a pal and say hey look do you want to do this challenge with me and you both can be you know supporters for each for each other um and so there's just, I think, a whole bunch of mechanisms. So I'd, I'd look for apps that can help um, with that process, um, reading material that can help. I've also got um, my YouTube channel that people could go to and, and listen, you know, about the Venus and the Mars and the Sun and the Moon that, that might be helped to be little reminders as well. So there's, there's so many different avenues that people can go to to, you know, help support putting this into application. Yeah, because I think that's the biggest takeaway. It's mm. like, now what are you going to do with this information? Action. Yeah, because I yeah. think that I was, I've been working on some content this morning and it's so easy to be inspired today because we have mm. so much access to information, but it's what you t- do with that information yeah. that's going to lead to your success and whatever you're wanting to achieve, whether it's relationships, compatibility, communication. Mm positivity like whatever it may be yeah Mm. exactly so it's whatever you take away and it's also what I call um, readiness to change as well so there's full acknowledgement here that that there could be many people that are just prepared to listen and process the information and actually even not be ready to implement it and that's fine. Be kind to yourself if you're not ready to, to do that. You can you can be pretty sure that there'll be many other reminders throughout your day and, and months and years ahead that'll be more prompters. And perhaps you'll be more ready for change then and to implement that. And maybe it's not for you and you don't apply it at all. I love that you brought that up because it's so easy for me to go, right, what are you going to put into action right now? <laughs> like, you know, it's like, yeah. okay, great, there's all this information because that's a natural tendency for myself. But if I think of, like, I know, um, like the uh, stages of 
behavioral change Change. right Mm. yeah a lot of us sit in that like pre-contemplation absolutely it's it's huge we pre-contemplate a lot before we're ready to actually put stuff into action but just understanding that that is the process I think we can be a lot kinder to ourselves and and um be in a place where it's like okay I'm still going to acknowledge that I need to move forward with this but I also can be kind to myself when I realize that I haven't implemented it just yet thanks so much for listening to this episode if you like what you hear then please rate review and subscribe where you love to listen or you can connect with me via social at bound for beauty and that's beauty with an e I'll see you next time.